spidey senses tingling. Really big show. Ladies and gentlemen, Slimbo Slice on this paper keg show. Episode 264. Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast, where we talk about comic books, three people speak to each other, and they talk about the same book. This week, manga. Stay with us. (laughs) You might enjoy it. Pluto. Volumes one through four. And then we read your letters live to close out the show, maybe. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how it goes, you know? Right. It's late. One of the hosts has been viciously researching the iPhone upgrade program. His head's not in the game right now. We'll see if he wants to talk to I mean, you I might, I might dislodge this microphone from its stand so I can walk around this room and find the iPhone box that my current <laughs> iPhone has came in. I, you might be live uh, on location Lord. in the other part of this room. We have uh, three living hosts of paper cake there there has been a fourth one he's unfortunately deceased maybe we'll get into that later we're going to talk about pluto's book one through four historic book by one naoki orasawa and uh, there's a connection to astro boy we'll get into a second but let's get through the hosts yeah let's do that first enough time to get the out of the way you know you know he's been called podcast bad boy in the past, he tore it up. You know, nobody was safe. He'd make fun of, I don't even want to say who he made it's, fun of in the early days because it's probably not safe. We don't want to wanna draw it. that ire. No, the ire's not worth that it. That audio is long gone. Nobody can listen to it at this point in time, and it's, let's keep it buried. Yeah, in fact, if you want to say something about what some, something that was said earlier, maybe keep it to DMs. You know, we don't need that. We don't need you tagging creators. We don't need you tagging people. Yeah. It's uncouth. Let's be honest here. Yeah, because this is a tight-knit community, and we we don't like to throw people under the bus like that. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's me. Dale what underscore is this, a. Amateur hour. VP of Podcast Press. Welcome back to the show. Feels great to be back, Slim. Thank you, Jonesy. Hello over there. Uh, it's a wonderful evening. The night before... My kids go back to school, and uh, so I was, up, you know, I was up there cutting tags off of book bags, hustling around, getting folders and things. Big VP night of hustling. Big night in the underscore A household, hustling. Hmm. What a night! I love a good hustle. What a, what a man! Yeah. What a human being! Well, I try to know? be there. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm thankful. Part of me is very thankful that Jonesy couldn't commit until 9.30 p.m. Eastern time because so I was like, this might buy me a little time that I could spend prepping... Finishing the book. <laughs> Starting prepping the book. Prepping the show, show <laughs> prep. 
uh, you know, so I could get things ready for the for, for the morning for the morning. Nine oh six p.m. Pluto Volume One. Here we go. <laughs> Licks his index finger, turns the first page. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dale, you're never gonna make it in this business, you dumb idiot. <laughs> final, okay. final okay. living host. He uh, he's a writer. Yeah, we're gonna talk about one of the most popular mangas in history over 8 million copies sold so we called out the big guns I pulled out the podcast Rolodex and I got a, I got us a writer <laughs> cross referenced writers <laughs> can I, you I pro- even cross references my references are, uh, how do they even do that I don't know <laughs> my references are in the mail I, the ref- I, I phoned his references you know I phoned them and he's Once here the recording of a, from a chicken joint Chicken time right across the street. One of some of the best wings in, in town. Grubhub.com uh, slash chicken time. Check it out. <laughs> Heard it here first. Show sponsor Grubhub. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to see Dale on the edge of sanity. Uh, the it really just gets gets me going in the morning. You know, I mean, you, know you, you announce these new iPhones. It turns people into, you know, it's like uh, rage. In that movie, twenty eight days later. Oh yeah, know? it's like the uh, if you listen. Now I'm not making fun. If you listen to that phone call where the lady is calling the authorities because the pet chimpanzee is attacking her friend, and you hear the chimp <laughs> going crazy in the background, that's what it's like. Chimpan- <laughs> chimpanzees swinging from the rafters, freaking out. You could have just referenced any moment in chimpanzee history. You didn't have to reference the 911 call where there was a chimp going crazy. Uh, Just for specific reference in our lifetime, not like that movie with a young... uh, Dustin Hoffman, Congo? I'm talking even... I think Dustin Hoffman was in Congo, but okay. I'm talking even younger than that. Outbreak. Outbreak, very good. How did how did I'm talking about the my monkey movie? You guys are hijacking my conversation. I'm I'm talking about I can't remember if it's Amy Dolan's in the movie. Yeah, reference the the weirdest character actor that nobody will ever know. Meanwhile, I bust out Dustin Hoffman. I see your face lighting up. You're loading up Google right now to get that actor's <laughs> name. It's probably not even Amy uh, Dolan. The glasses just, I can oh, see you know IMDb. What? It's not Amy right Dolan's glasses. What am I thinking? It's Elizabeth Shue. What, what is that movie? Oh my golly. Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> if you guys want to live Google with me, stay Elizabeth with us. Uh, at the end of the hour, it will be Pluto Volumes 1 to 4. Elizabeth Shue monkey movie. <laughs> the movie Link. It gets it gets weird that movie, huh? Karate Kid episode one. <laughs> Listen, we got to regain composure. These iPhone sevens aren't going to pre-order themselves. Uh, yeah, okay? Exactly. Let's be honest here. I'm like a monkey swinging from the rafters over here, <laughs> trying to just like slam my my digits into my phone screen. My four digits and opposable thumb. <laughs> Pluto. We had a lot of comic book to get to. Thousands of pages we read this past week. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to happen. Of course, we did move one day to make this, you know, happen. So, Pluto. We did Pluto book one ages back. Hmm. Eons ago. I'm not sure if anyone can pull up uh, the numbers 
But uh, our, our first episode with Scotty, as our, I recall, our dear friend Scotty Young was on that show. Amazing episode. Yeah. And uh, so this time we're doing volume one again, but also two, three, and four. It's an eight book series. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure if you guys had ever went past book one, but after we did that episode, I actually did go through and read the whole G-dang thing. Ooh. So this is my second read, at least second. But, uh, Jonesy, do you want to walk us through Pluto? It's a manga, mm-hmm. but it's not, and I'm not a manga fan. I don't know if any of us are really, but put that out of your brain. It's not really, in my opinion, I don't view it as a manga. You know how I view it, Slim? A GD masterpiece oh is how God, I view it. You heard it here first. Wow. Uh, wow. So, you know, four volumes, but, you know, it, this doesn't need to be a sprawling uh, synopsis because the single thread of the book is so enthralling and it just takes vignettes to, like, different sections of the main story. But essentially, you know, the um, after the 39th Asian conflict, the world governments kind of shuffle and in that conflict, uh, robots are used uh, as combatants. And seven robots in particular are the only seven that are classified as weapons of mass destruction. So flash forward to the end of the conflict. Uh, the world is once again in like a, a balanced peace, uh, like analogous to how we were after the Iron Curtain fell and after Desert Storm, like this kind of uneasy uh, nuclear peace of the late 90s. And we're in that again in this book. And somebody decides to start offing the great seven robots of mass destruction. Someone's going out there specifically to kill the unkillable seven. And at the heart of the story, Gazisht is a post-war robot who is now a detective for Europol, which is this world's, you know, obviously their uh, their Interpol is Europol. So Gazish begins working with human authorities to kind of track down who exactly uh, is killing the, the seven robots. And that kind of takes him on the showcase um, of us being introduced to who these seven are and how really how they're evolving into human-like beings uh, through the the four volume books that we read. Uh, most notably, I believe that probably the crowning achievement of the four volumes is still Volume One's North Number Two and his uh, saga. So by the end of the fourth volume, Gazisht has uh, sh- uh, shared his memory with a uh, insane eighth special robot he has gone down the rabbit hole where he has discovered somebody's tampering with his own memories and while going through that journey we lose four of the top seven with only three remaining and the number one target of volume four spoilers asher boy himself adam dun 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 so no surprise um i loved it I thought uh, probably the most beautiful moment uh, of the four books is um, Brando. And I know we'll probably go, we'll circle back and start at volume one. But when Brando is fighting uh, the 
mystery robot. I don't know if I, you know, I already revealed Astro Boy died. So Pluto is the enemy. He's the he's the assassin robot, and they're fighting. And Brando transmits um, like memories from his databanks, and as they read it you realize that as he's dying, his whole life is flashing before his eyes and it's not like a farewell transmission. Mm. It's like his epiphany of his whole life as he knows it's about to end. And it was amazing. An amazing moment in comic books. Mm. It's, um, speaking of amazing moments, the whole, I mean, the whole book so far, I haven't, uh, Matt, I have not read past book one before and uh, I re- I had completely forgotten that Astro Boy was in this book, and and because I re- and then I remembered, like the last two pages or one page of Volume One was the introduction of Adam, which is uh, the literal Japanese translation of Astro Boy, like his right. Japanese and name. I guess we should say that this is like an almost else world version of the Astro Boy universe, totally different designs, modern day. Mm-hmm. but with the characters from Master Boy. Yeah, uh, and it's just a hyper cool, it's got like this manga, you know, it's got this manga vibe with the, the, the sci-fi world and the, um, the storyline of the seven robots being hunted down, Gazisht being one of those robots who is researching and knows that doom may be coming his way because they're t- he, you know they're ticking off the killers ticking off these robots one by one and it's just a crazy it's just a crazy story i mean it's it's astounding the art astounding and the uh the trail of so many different um, so many different like kind of side plots to the book. You're kind of finding out like the killer killing the robots is the main thing, but Gazisht kind of finding out that his memory banks have maybe been tampered with by the people who created him because he remembers, he doesn't remember being on vacation, but there's all this proof that he was on vacation before. Um, so I think whenever he gets the idea of maybe he needs a vacation, do you think they F with him? Well, the, that one, and it, you mentioned the story threads and they're all like seeded way early in the book yeah. and a lot of them don't even pay off until like volume eight, but I don't even care because they're so well done and so well placed. It doesn't even f- f- register that. Oh yeah. I forgot about that thread. Whatever happened mm-hmm. to that? But he st- he starts to go and think about vacations with his wife and then the one travel agent was like, oh yeah, remember when you guys booked Japan before but then canceled? And he's like, wait, we never did that. <laughs> and then they they said, it, she, oh yeah, you did it while you're on vacation here. And then they look at the photos of that vacation and they're like, man, we took a lot of photos here. That's kind of strange, right? We never do that. Yeah. So he's like starts to wonder, like, that's odd. I don't remember this vacation. I remember this vacation, but these photos... You know, they're kind of sketchy. Yeah, and they're like, why? I was working that whole time. You just came with me. Like, I was working. How do we have time to go all this sightseeing? Yeah, so the the Gazich character is, I guess, the forefront of the first half of the story. 
and he's tasked he's like the super cop super detective and he's tasked with getting to the bottom of a lot of this stuff but the bigger story for me is the modern day telling of like robots living in society mm-hmm. which oh, has been God, done amazing. to death everywhere and it's you know it's whatever it is but this book does it very well and not only that but the idea that robots would live among us and feel emotion or at least display emotion which right. is very different than a lot of modern day interpretations but also there's a very strong very overt Iraq war thread in this book yeah totally where super they overt where the United States of Thracia I think in this story is called they think Persia has weapons of mass destruction which are robots and they think that they could strike at any time so they send a survey group over to find these weapons of mass destruction and they quote unquote don't find anything but they still go to war with Persia and it just the war is just millions of robots fighting each other and which maybe doesn't register in normal terms, but these robots have emotions and they're going to war with each other and it really messes with their heads. And then the book starts like the fallout of this where there's a huge societal rift where most, I mean, like there's a huge sect of like the KKK, but they're the KKK of robot hating. And they don't like robots. They look down on robots. And you can see the layers, which is totally analogous to modern day. And I felt like it just did it fantastically. Yeah. the uh, Like you said, it's they touch on so many, like the, the complexity of the plot and how you would think about how robots lived in society. Like they, t- they all, like the writer and artist take time to touch upon every little beat like you stuff stuff you wouldn't maybe normally find but you would think like i wonder how they you know they 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 function or i wonder how they work but like they they take time to like present to you a day in the life of a robot in this world and they spend a lot of time on it and yeah i think in the early going there's a, a police cop robot that gets killed and uh, Gazish offers to go and talk to the wife of the robot, the robot wife. Like they're just two robots and they're married. And the woman like, uh, you know, is figuring things out as she's speaking with Gazish. Gazish, I'm going to have like eight different pronunciations, but Mm -hmm. she talks out loud about the story about how the family she used to work for had a dog that died and the child grieved and she like looks up and ponders you know is this what i'm experiencing Mm -hmm. this is what that child and that family went through and i was just like oh my god this is like deep stuff happening here like it's it they allow those scenes to breathe yeah you get to experience them in a in a slower pace than any other real you know comic book like that one scene with that couple could have been 10 15 pages you don't get that really ever in yeah. comic books. That might just be one panel, you know, in a, in a similar book. What I thought, you know, Slim, there's another moment that kind of parallels that. I think it's in the third, towards the end of the third volume, where they kind of flash back to everybody's role in the uh, 39th conflict. And Gazish has like his own squad. And um, 
they kind of bust down like the door and there's a there's a mm. human in there and said you guys drop bombs and all you did was kill kids and and Gazish is like um this one seems agitated like he's like he can't <laughs> feel what this guy is feeling but that constantly makes him feel like makes him question in the modern time you know is what he's doing right using his you know prowess as this weapon of mass destruction to deal collateral damage and it's kind of the same thing like he can't process until years later what that feeling is and just like at the beginning of the book maybe that it's him understanding how to process is why he goes and see the wife because he's he himself is starting to awaken to these you know emotions and there's a great line at the end of the fourth volume when you kind of reveal who's been behind most of this where well, I forget the pre- professor's name, but he's like, you don't understand that the perfect robot mind has to be imperfect mm-hmm. because to be human is to be flawed. And that's Tender. kind of the whole thing. Though I mean, the whole underlying theme to this book, four volumes in, are, are these robots are marching towards being flawed. They're going from perfect to imperfect. And we're kind of along for the ride. Yeah, and that we should say that the 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 big jolt at the beginning of the story is that a robot has died and then a human has died. And the theory is that a robot might have done it, but that doesn't happen because robots have been programmed not to kill humans. And in you know, it's only really happened once and we lock that robot away hardcore. And then yeah, so it gets right. to a point where Gazich yeah. needs to go seek out this robot that performed the only robot on human murder and this guy's like a psycho and it's so crazy how he's like locked away in a dungeon in the exact position where they eventually stopped him. there's like a huge spear through his chest he's like mangled <laughs> his head's cocked sideways they just and build a, a prison around the site yeah, I yeah I they just left cool. it there like a monument and the, the book four they they kind of talk about it up to book four but the the perfect AI, they never really achieved it because if there was the perfect AI, they would be killing, you know, humans all the time because mm-hmm. that's what humans do. They they achieve both ends of the emotional spectrum, you know, the the deepest and then the highest forms. So for right now, they're kind of in between and only ever rarely do they do they hit the the highs. And before they kind of um, lead you to know that what a perfect AI would be. They go down. They they take the time to tell you that this this psycho robot Brow one eight three or something is his name. They say we we never could have suspected a thing because he was perfect. All the tests we ran, everything came back perfect. And that mm-hmm. and then by the end of book four, you kind of realize, well, that would that indicates why he was able to kill a human because perfection is imperfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, Even us talking about it is deep. <laughs> yeah. Is. The, the scene that you mentioned, Jonesy, the, uh, during the 39th central Asian conflict, or whatever they called it, when Gazich goes into that rubble town. I mean that it sounds crazy to say, but this comic book put into perspective, the Persian conflict, like you really see how the Persians were affected by this, uh, infiltration from you know Europol or whatever he was involved in in the United States because they 
quote, didn't find any weapons of mass destruction, but they went in anyway and they killed tons of people. And like, this is real life. Like that's when people went into Iraq, you know, and they didn't find the weapons of mass destruction and, and like they tore it apart and then they worked to create a new democracy. And that's the same thing that we experience in this comic. And then you get it to another level where Darius the 14th, who was the leader in Persia, is revealed to be still alive and in the prison at the end of the book. And Mm -hmm. he's, uh, because each thinks this is a big break in the case because he's repeating the names over and over again of the Bora survey team. Which included the doctors who essentially made the perfect robots. Right. So they Mm -hmm. think that now, you know, he does have an MO to want revenge on this survey group, obviously. But we don't know what, the fallout of that is because the the fourth volume ended kind of right when they discovered that. And then we we haven't even talked about the, the Adolf Haas character at all with Gazicht and his, his Mm. storyline. That storyline is amazing too. Yeah. Yeah. His brother. Yeah. Adolf lives in abject uh, poverty. You know, his father essentially steals a toy for him to play with a ball because they're so poor. And a robot, essentially, a police robot, finds him and dimes him out. That's it. Dimes yeah, him out. And he's him never the same. Never the same again. You know, their family life crumbles at that point, and then Adolf, yeah, his whole life—that's all he knows of robots. So he is manipulated by the robot KKK to assassinate Gazisht. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Because uh, Gazisht, uh, on top of that, his father committed suicide because of that stemming from that and then Gazisht is believed to have killed his brother right yeah his I think Adolf's brother they haven't revealed yet but Adolf's brother is like the lowest of the low scum thief and he's done things that even members of the KKK in this book are like appalled by (laughs) and but the thing is Adolf discovers by looking at the corpse of his brother that he's finally able to take back after three years that his body's like pulverized and there's really only one weapon that can do that and it's a weapon he eventually discovers that is uh, that essentially Gazicht is made out of and he has a weapon that can disperse so he tells the KKK team that like I think my brother was killed by Gazicht and so this is like Christmas morning they finally have a smoking gun to down the evil robot scum mm-hmm. that are less human subhuman and it it that storyline thread is is like over three books it feels like and it, it doesn't even matter like i didn't mm-hmm. care that it was over three books because i'm so invested in every other sub story and then gazich for whatever reason gets assigned to adolf uh, over a course as of circumstances. Protection. Yeah, as his protection. So you're like, oh my God, this dynamic's going to be amazing. Yeah, and it, is, and it was. Obviously. Spoilers, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, it's like any any movie or storyline where you can see like a black cop and a white cop and maybe there's some subtext where like they don't like each other, something happened in their past where they don't like white dudes or they don't like black dudes. Because he's just 12 days from retirement. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you get that with Adolf being the robot hater and it's just eating him alive that he's this close to not only a robot but the robot he he thinks murdered his brother and it's just so beautiful Mm -hmm. 
and I mean, and I I read this before, and I still can't, for whatever reason, I can't remember what Adolf's brother did. That's just so Ooh. disturbing to even the the lowest of the low human beings. All right. So you have something to look forward to yeah, next week. I can't remember. Yeah, the uh, there's so many like like we said, and you just said, you don't care that a storyline may take three or four volumes to get through because it's so well paced and there's so much other content in it. Like the uh, the side bar with um, Euron, I think is her name, is Astro mm-hmm. Boy's sister. Mm-hmm. And f- she kind of like finds that dude who, that robot who has no recollection of who he was or what he was doing in that, you know, under the bridge. But he had to paint those flowers and like that, well, you, you find out who he is eventually. Well, not him, really, though. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like somebody just used his shell of a body, but it was like that took a while and it was gorgeous. I thought, especially in the fourth volume, not a lot of things happened, like big plot movers. But essentially, it, it, it like each moment was just gorgeous reflection i mean the the meat of that whole book happens i feel like in the last 10 percent. but the tour of all these new characters they introduce is amazing yeah the, it's just gorgeous the epsilon character is a is something that cracked me up when i first read through because for the entire book up until there's one mention of uh the character i thought epsilon was a woman Epsilon is a man, but in pure manga style, the character is drawn, you know, very Are effeminate. Are you sure? Yes. Very sure. Okay. But I, th- I, I remember being confused, confused about the same thing because she was like, well, I, I can't say he, she, I just thought it, it was a typo in volume four and it said he. That's what I thought when I first read it and I was like stunned and I Googled it and there's like message board posts all over the place about how Epsilon oh. is really a dude. Usenet groups, <laughs> a lot of Usenet groups, but <laughs> but Epsilon, on I think on the first read and the second read, Epsilon gave me a very strong Michael Jackson vibe the whole book, and like I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but Epsilon is a very slender, uh, effeminate man. And he's gonna make a change for once of his life. He's <laughs> a pacifist, and he gave up the war and now <gasps> just adopted <gasps> children. Like, he's got 50 children under his home. Yeah. And that's not to say that, like, Epsilon gave this creepy vibe, but I just got some weird, like, is this a Michael Jackson homage that's happening with this character? And I, I don't know. That's just what I felt. He just wants you to know he's going to start with the robot in the mirror. You know? <laughs> he's just going to bust out these subtle quotes the whole night long. As they, you know, as they come to me. Right. <laughs> as they come to me. He's a vegetable. <laughs> You're a vegetable. You're a vegetable. Great song. <laughs> and the, okay, so, I mean, somebody had said it. Somebody said the devastating thing, I think. Jonesy, maybe. What? Because of Slim's face. Somebody said that Astro Boy died, right? I did. I said Jonesy it. Jonesy said it. Within the first 30 seconds, I said it. <laughs> the, I mean, is he dead? I don't want to believe he's Listen, dead because he doesn't have spoilers. Because Slim's got a look on his face right now of being stone faced. He can't. He doesn't have. Slim. He didn't have horns sticking out of his head, 
and maybe he's he's Jim Gordoning it right now. Like maybe the killer didn't have time because backup was coming, so he had to hightail mm-hmm. it out of there. Right. But he's Astro Boy. Like he is. I mean, or he was. If he was, if he is no longer with us, it was very tastefully done. Mm. The mm. whole the way, whole way it was handled. Right. But I hope he's not. I mean, I don't know. Tenma shows back up, so maybe Tenma, as a, as a sidebar, before I even read it, I started reading Pluto again. A couple days ago, we watched Astro Boy the movie, just as a random thing. So I felt that much closer reading it. I was like Tenma, I knew. Obviously, I think, Astro Boy, I knew. Oh, I was think, there like a, a modern day remake of that movie? Yeah, I think he had shorts. Is it animated or live action? I think it was, was like animated. CGI. Yeah, it's very CGI. It's pretty good. It's worth watching. I think the Pluto character, maybe don't Google it until after we're done reading, but I feel like this these sets of characters are based on a specific episode or story in Astro Boy's mm. history with Pluto. Hmm. And, and Pluto, I mean, we got a lot. We're on such a cliffhanger here. Is Gazisht Pluto? I don't know. Right? <sighs> I mean, the whole the whole thing is a mystery. I mean, there's alleged mind wipes happening to Gazish, so who knows? Yeah. And it's pretty much revealed that Pluto can jump robot bodies and assume their identities. Mm-hmm. I mean, the uh, the guy, the robot, go tell in the uh, what's that? And doing the graffiti. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Sexy know, Pluto blonde gambit burns him out. You know, comes in. You know, uh, occupies him, if you will. Then that poor robot's done, you know? Maybe Gazishta is a potential host. Who knows? Oh, yeah, Nobody that too. You'll find out in the next episode of Paper King. <laughs> That's right. We got four more books next week because we got to get it out of the way before Q316. Before Q316, we take some time off. We, we recollect ourselves. Free our minds. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... uh if you're just joining us, that wasn't actually En Vogue. That was Dale uh, covering their 1998 hit, Free Your Mind. And Dale the rest Vogue. will follow. If you need me to uh, call and leave you a voicemail message, maybe something you could use, you should tell your friends about, just let me know. Yeah, he just impersonated one for me of uh, Monica. You know, we went back and forth and did The Boy Is Mine. Yeah, uh, People thought Monica was on my voicemail. <laughs> I mean, it's worth your time, folks. You heard it here first. Pluto first part one. I don't know what we're, gonna, what we're gonna call this episode part one or volume one through four. Amazing, highly recommended. Urasawa, amazing. I think I read some of the bits and pieces of how the book came about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's he was in contact with the son of the original creator, um, Osamu Tezuki of Astro Boy. And I think he pitched doing Pluto in the same vein of the original Astro Boy. And then the son, I I believe it was the son, I apologize. The son said, no, do your own thing, do your own style. And I'll help, you know, edit your work as it goes. That's amazing. And I think I I read too that the the books are, they have like chapters. There's many acts. I think by the end of like book four, you're on act like 40 or something. And what I didn't realize, and maybe I forgot, was that it was serialized in a magazine in chapter form originally. Well, really, like, get this, out of here. Yeah, so this didn't obviously come out in trade form 
at first, but can you imagine reading this in a weekly or monthly format with no. those single acts? I mean, each act is like pretty much a tearjerker. You know what I mean? That's I'd be I mean just I'm just thinking about the end of every chapter, the cliffhanger. I'd love I mean that's cool. Mm-hmm. I might have to go out there and like try to collect the uh Oh, uh, here he goes. The Japanese We just lit a lit a fire. Periodicals. Go to some comic book convention, pay a thousand dollars for it, like those Akira copies I'll that I'll do saw. it right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonesy will uh, promise I'm, them all to a, a lucky listener. <laughs> Easy. Uh <laughs> I, Josie's version of okay, okay. <laughs> Easy. What uh it, oh, okay. Too hot. Okay. Too hot for okay. podcasts. Yeah. Uh I'm surprised this isn't like a anime or you know there's not a a animated adaptation of this story or maybe there's one of the worst according to wikipedia the movie rights have been optioned several years ago but Mm, it doesn't mean it's gonna happen development hell they call it that's what they call that well you're a writer so that i mean should be easily i just pulled that you know my vernacular yeah yeah that's part of my jargon that i hit people with Yeah, when people uh, ask me for reports at work, I'm just like, you know, the guys that are in development, development hell, development I just, hell. I'm not gonna be able to get it for. That makes know. perfect sense. Any any other any other thoughts on Pluto books one through four before we? Amaz- uh, they're amazing. That's my thoughts. Oh, just yeah, li- listen. Wow, the highest possible recommendation. Mm. Agreed. The um, they are not available digitally. Nope. They are in a beautiful little tr- trade paperback Tight. style. Order at least the first two. Don't order the first one and then be left sitting out in the cold. Yeah, you're going to need to read immediately. Yeah, we it was hard to it was hard to stop at volume four, but I didn't want to like sometimes. You know, I'm not perfect. I might read an entire run when we're splitting it in half, and then I forget which things oh, happen look when. Out. Pulling the kimono you know, back. I don't even think that's ever been mentioned offline. So wow. I uh, <sighs> I stopped myself wow. at the appropriate volume so that I wouldn't jumble my thoughts. Wow. A, f- a show first at episode 264. You'll be uh, ready to record the rest tomorrow, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're going to start 12 to 14 minutes before the next episode records. Look, we, we didn't talk about it and I feel like we talked about it a lot during the last Pluto episode, but the North number two story is amazing. It's, it's, I, it's, I don't even know the words to describe it. It's just one of the most beautiful pieces of graphic storytelling I've ever experienced. And if you, I don't know if you want to just go back and listen to that episode, because we talked about it for 20 minutes, probably, but Mm -hmm. you know, uh, an army robot goes to visit an elderly music composer and, Composers having trouble making new music, but the robot who's only known war wants to learn to play the piano. And it is oh, just God. stunning. How about the um the character design? Because he he is a robot of mass destruction. He was created to look the part. So he says whenever possible around humans he likes to wear a cape. So he doesn't intimidate the ass out of whoever he wears. So his he huge needs. gun wings. Amazing. <laughs> He's got like bolted to his back. I mean, when he did whip that cape off, I mean, I was like, holy lord. Yeah, like things. <laughs> He's like a, a Swiss army knife. Things God. just like unraveling. I mean, that, that story is just mind boggling. Yeah. That's a story that had room to breathe. That took place over several acts and had, you know, very little to do with the overall story. I mean, it's a it's a 
car- it's a weapon of mass destruction robot that is on the list. So something bad happens, but you learn everything and you want to know more, but it's wrapped up in a package, an emotional package, and it was mm-hmm. amazing. I could have read eight volumes about North number two, mm. to be honest. Prequel. Yeah. Prequel. As written by Jonesy Loves Beer. Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm-hmm. Book it. Mm-hmm. Book it. Do it. I, I don't know what that means, but book it. Book it. Do it. Book Do it. it. Do it dismally. Uh, Do it. What slowly. a show. What a show. What a book club. Yeah. Great show, guys. Next Great week, show. Pluto volumes five through eight. Let's really push through Dale to get this done on time. We're mm-hmm. going to be texting Dale late at night, seeing if he started reading yet. What's the status? How we looking for Tuesday? How we looking for Tuesday? Yeah, we got we that pre-ordered phone in. <laughs> yeah, who knows what time they're going to allow pre-orders? You know, maybe we'll save it for Fireside next week. Everybody, Pluto Part Two, mm. and then we we disappear off into the lake forever. Mm-hmm. Question? Maybe. <laughs> we'll see everybody next time. Maybe pre-order started like 3 a.m. Friday, so tomorrow night. Did they know. announce the phone yet? Yes. Oh, okay. They did today. Today. Um, Jonesy, you're, I mean, what? would you get another plus-sized phone? Yeah, absolutely. I can't see anything less than I can't go back. That's true. I tried, to, uh, I tried to use my boss's work regular iphone 6 and it was terrible hmm. now i need i need i need it just because i can't see right your vision is poor it's very poor you're blind uh it shouldn't be driving listen but don't worry about it in fact right? should you be driving us to the q316 secret location Ooh, at this as point? long as God. it's not dark we'll be good to go <laughs> aren't we leaving at like 3 a.m <laughs> it's okay i'll have uh I'll have my headlights on. We'll be all right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. CC Slim, CC Deer on the road. CC <laughs> other cars. I'll have like four monsters in me. I'll be ready to go. John's going to be sleeping this entire trip. He's going to be <laughs> coming down for monsters. I might. I might have to sleep. I, I felt like I haven't slept in years. Oh, boy. You might sleep the whole time. It's going to be wonderful. Right. All I mean, muscled up with some flannel yeah. sheets. Mm. Oh, flannel sheets. Get some shots of Jonesy on the deck, mm-hmm. wrapped in flannel, sipping coffee. First thing in the morning, he like drags the flannel sheet off the bed behind him. Goes <laughs> sit down. Goes sit out on the deck, He's wrapped under little, my armpits with my shoulders, you know, bare. Jonesy's wearing the sunlight. long johns with like the little, you know, butt the butt pouch. Flap. 
the butt <laughs> flap. Right. It's just like a one piece. We should all get those. We should all get like one piece long johns. To wear like while uh, we're Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Like the black long johns. Oh uh, God, that's gonna be wonderful. Mm. I can't wait. And our, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be real with you. Let me pull back my kimono. In fact, let me let let me let slip over one of my shoulders. I need a vacation. Bad. Bad. And no I matter how to. how uh, you know it's gonna be amazing, and we're not gonna be able to like we're gonna have to play it down for our wives when we get back. You know, right? Just hate us for having a good time. Oh, they already hate us for having this yeah. Q316. Tell you what. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. The hate is strong. Long time. Listen, let's come up with a story Long where we had a terrible time without the kids permeating. The closer we get to, it's like uh, the doomsday clock. <laughs> <laughs> We're at two minutes to midnight right now. <laughs> you can hear it oh, etching yeah. ever so close. That's why we're leaving at 3 a.m. We're sneaking out of the house. Yeah. I might not even put my shoes on. I'm just going to run out of the house with like two pairs of shirts behind me swinging. And I right. just hop into Jonesy's car. Drop my bags through my guest room window and then tie some <laughs> sheets together and rappel down. Shoes on the front step waiting. So, I mean, Jonesy, it'll be better. You know, you're going to have your vacation. Yeah. I Dale and I, I will have our iPhone 7s. It's going to be... You know, our vibe is just going to raise it up on Eagle's so wings. What six plus? I have the iPhone six plus, not the six S plus. What what is iPhone seven getting me over my current phone? Well, what you the, in you your have opinion, a, top you have five. a six plus or a six S? Sorry, I no, six plus, not six S plus, just six plus. Um, not that you'd need it, but better battery, mm-hmm. uh, better camera. Mm-hmm. People say uh, I take terrible pictures, so I need well, that. You know, three D uh, touch. I'm a, I'm to assume. Oh, yeah, oh, three D touch. touch. Is that the peak and pop? Yeah, it I don't is, have that. Yeah. But I do think that's fascinating. Peak and pop. You know, I mean, unless you're like complaining about the 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 speed of your phone, you know, maybe you don't need an upgrade. I don't know. I don't know what your what your phone life cycle is like over there. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I don't think I need, maybe I'll wait for 7S to come out and mm-hmm. get back on the S schedule, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I do know. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I started with an iPhone 3GS. That was my first iPhone. Oh. I love that phone. Great phone. That phone felt like it was indestructible and it was an iPhone. Snappy. It was mm-hmm. snappy. Mm-hmm. Very snappy. Is it the first one with video? Yeah. It, had the cur- it was like heavy and curved. It felt good in your hand. felt real yeah. good. Mm-hmm. They did announce a new uh, Apple Watch too. What? Yeah, swim Better ready. Better heart. What's that? Swim buddy. Swim ready. Oh, you can swim go swimming ready. With it. Nice. I, I I wish I had a better heart rate monitor in mind because either the data and run keeper isn't good, but it always shows me like seventy beats per minute, and my heart's like beating out of my chest, and I know that can't be accurate. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the watch is tight. There's no like yeah. air between. Uh, I actually, actually want to go on my runwalks.com. Uh, I tighten it to like the tightest it will go on my wrist. Maybe I'm doing it too tight. I don't know. Yeah. Strange. When I use the one for my gym, sometimes the connection's bad. I have to like get water on the sensor and then readjust. 
That's happened to me. Like some sometimes it'll stay at the certain heart rate. Oh, you know, I didn't know. This is probably the perfect forum to discuss uh, discuss it. You know, our uh, fireside chat. But Runkeeper just took a big steaming s on me the other day, and I was uh, running from my house to where my uncle is, but oh, almost peep. three miles away, and like with a half mile left, like the little voice didn't come on and tell me how it was doing. So I looked down on my phone, Runkeeper just crashed, and I lost all the data for that mm. run. It was disheartening. Mm. Terrible. That's it's terrible. not good. It's not good And I all. thought maybe like there would be somewhere like you could retrieve the data and just start, you know, maybe I just would lose the, you know, quarter mile that I didn't notice it, but nope, all gone. Mm. All gone. Wow. Very disheartening. You weren't running two different fitness apps at the same time, were you? No. Uh, what, but you know what I did the first time is I locked the phone. Usually, like, when I, I'm running, like, I have it gripped in my hand. And I kind of just glance down at it every once in a while. Mm. But this time I had it locked and I had it in my pocket. Hmm. So I mean, I you can glance at the stuff on the watch, right? Doesn't well, that's what I discovered. If I, <laughs> if I opened the app of my watch, I wouldn't need to hold my phone. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let me put this bad boy in my pocket. And now I'm hands-free. And then mm. it crashed. I was like course berating myself dale style like okay that's what as soon as i decided to put my phone in my pocket i ruined the whole thing right now dale's reading the terms and conditions of the iphone upgrade program (laughs) 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 he's waving us to keep going so he can keep reading yeah it's all good stuff over there yeah it's all fine i'm just trying to figure out how you know 